Good morning, everybody, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts. I'll be here until uh, 11 o'clock this morning, and we're going to have an open line for about an hour, and then it'll be a line-eye Friday at uh, 10 o'clock. We do this before every Illinois uh, home football game, and they have uh, two guests uh, coming in. The Kent Brown and the Barry Hauser will tell us all about everything that's going to happen with around the uh, the game tonight. Very unusual uh, setup. A lot of uh, high schools saying, oh, please don't play on Friday night, but uh, a lot of uh, colleges are doing that now. Television people say, yeah, well, we're going to do it. And so uh, that's what's happening. It's Illinois and Nebraska Big Sports Weekend here in uh, Champaign-Urbana, the U of I, the Illini and Nebraska game tonight, of course, is the uh, spotlight uh, tonight and tomorrow. The Hall of Fame ceremonies tomorrow afternoon at the State Farm Center. Free and open to the public. You do need a ticket, though, but it is free. Get them online. And a reception uh, Sunday honoring longtime Illini track and cross country coach Gary Winicky. And, of course, the long list of high school football games tonight and tomorrow. And uh, John Fox says the Bears will look at the quarterback situation. About time. He says the team has other issues as well. And, uh, indeed, they do. If you watched any of the 35-14 to loss to the Packers last night. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers gave tickets to the Green Bay Cops for the game. Got another uh, story I'll look at here later on about how the fans reacted to Aaron Rodgers, who said, uh, please uh, join arms with us uh, when uh, we do it. Show of unity, not only on the field, but also in the stands. And some people did it. Some people did not. Some people waved American flags, and some people uh, stood at attention with their hands over their hearts, and some people did indeed lock arms. So, very strange time we're living in. And uh, down in uh, St. Louis, the Cubs uh, beat the Cardinals uh, last night. That was a weird game, too. Two to one was the final, and that, of course, eliminated the Cardinals from any playoff spot. They had a very, very long shot at being one of the uh, wildcard teams, but uh, that is gone now. So they have to play out the last few games of the season with uh, no playoff coming up. And, of course, the night before, the Cubs had to beat the Cardinals to win the division title. And here's a very interesting one. Uh, see what uh, those of you in the high school business uh, think about this. Louisiana School District uh, edict came down to student-athletes, and it says, stand for the national anthem or face punishment. How about that? Stand for the national anthem or face punishment. And in uh, North Korea, the threat from President Trump inspired 5 million citizens to join or re-enlist in the Korean People's Army. Sounds like an unbelievable story. Slightly exaggerated, I would think. Five million citizens, I bet all volunteers, too. They didn't 
didn't have to come after them and knock on their door and stand there and say, you are about to join or re-enlist, whether you want to or not. And then local news, uh, Champaign County board members went on record in favoring of a budget that assumes the sale of the county-owned nursing home next spring. Well, it was 12 to 7. Let's go to a Mike in Champaign. Hello, Mike. Hey, good morning, Jim. Um, I happened to be in Vietnam at the same time Hanoi Jane was over there. And uh, for the first time, I, I, I saw what she did um, and said while she was over there, thanks to Ken Burns' Vietnam story. Did you see that, where she was sitting on a so, artillery gun that shot down American planes? Yeah, I uh, I thought it was a tank. I guess it was a gun, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and she and she was uh, saying that uh, these prisoner of war should be tried and executed, and she shouldn't have been allowed back in the United States. Well, she has uh, since that time uh, gotten back in the public limelight. Has made a couple of movies, and uh, I just saw. Her, uh, the other day on uh, the Ellen DeGeneres uh, show, I watched that with my wife in the afternoon from uh, from her uh, home out at uh, La Villa, and uh, Jane Fonda is still uh, talking away. There wasn't any. Uh, they were talking about the movies and things like that, and nothing about the Vietnam uh, documentary. But you're you're quite right. It's been a long time ago, but uh, she, uh, I guess. She survived it, at least. They, they haven't put her in jail or anything. Yeah. Okay, Jim, thanks. Yeah, I'm glad you called, Mike. Thank you. And I wonder uh, how many people have uh, watched the uh, Vietnam documentary by Ken Burns. I don't know how many episodes there are. There are a bunch. And uh, I've seen portions of uh, each of them. And... As I have de- described on this program before, of of all the wars, the Vietnam War is the one that's uh, the biggest mystery to me. It happened at a time in my life where I was very uh, busy. My kids were all growing up, and uh, we were getting bad information from everybody, from the president, uh, Kennedy, and uh, Johnson, and uh, Nick, who... Who knows? And General General Westmoreland was lying to us, and we didn't know uh, much of anything then. And now, as in a lot of historical things, it takes uh, years before we really know what happened. Same thing will be happening now. Uh, in the next uh, decade, there will be stories written, books written about what is going on in this country uh, today. And by then, we will perhaps know the truth. It's a 9-12. Before we take our first break, let's find out about a food festival coming up here. Good morning. Hello? Hello? James? Yes, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. What's on your mind? Um. Well, I am the vice president for... Uh, Three High Rocks Greek Church here in Champaign-Urbana, and I'm calling in to invite every one of your listeners to our food festival that is being held tomorrow, September 30th, 
from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. at Three Hierarchs Greek Orthodox Church uh, in Champaign, one block west of Neal Street on Devonshire Drive. It's um, a great food festival. We're going to have Greek music, uh, Greek food, Lebanese food, Russian food, um, again, music, some pastries, and... Yeah, it's a fun event, one-day event throughout the year. I know exactly where that is. I drive by uh, there on uh, Windsor uh, every day uh, at uh, noon yep. going, going home and uh, seeing your uh, signs. You've done this before, haven't you? Yes, yeah. Um, I'm new to the congregation. I've only been here about a year, uh, but they've been doing uh, – this congregation has been doing this food festival for years. Um, and it's really nice. We always have a good turnout. Great food. The ladies that prepare uh, the food and the gentlemen who help cook the meat do a great job. It tastes great. It's pre- it's prepared professionally um, and to high standards. How much does it cost to get in? Well, it's free to get in. It's um, free? But the main food entry um, is $15 per plate. That gives you the salad. Well, that's what I mean. Um, How much does it cost for the food? Oh, that yeah, that's it. Um, it's $15 per plate. And then, of course, the pastries are uh, marked, you know, different kind of pastries from baklava to other uh, Russian and Lebanese Mm -hmm. pastries, uh, treats. Each one of those is individually marked, and we'll have a menu for that and pricing. But the... Well, what's... uh, Is this a fundraiser of some sort? Yes, sir. It's a fundraiser for our church to help us raise funds capital to do our ministries throughout the year like we help with uh habitat for humanity uh we've helped build those houses so a lot of the fundraising from this helps go to help out for those situations throughout the year we partner with other like um empty tomb we help out them too um once a year we help with that so um that sounds like a sounds like a great project, and I uh, hope you raise a lot of money. It looks like you're going to have good weather for it. So, uh, yeah, the best of luck to you. Yeah, I appreciate it, and um, thank to see everybody there. Yep, thanks for letting us know about it. We'll take a break here at nine fifteen. It's sixty-two degrees at the radio center. This is an open line until ten. Then the news from CBS, and we'll talk. Uh, All about our Illini Friday uh, activities, and a lot of it uh, based around the uh, the game tonight. The Hall of Fame, of course, is uh, tomorrow. A lot of uh, some some of the greatest uh, athletes, men and women, from the in University of Illinois history will uh, will be here, and uh, you can come and uh, watch and listen, and it's uh, free. It's going to be over at the uh, State Farm Center. We'll ask uh, Kent Brown to talk more about that when he gets here in the second hour. We'll take a break here. Anything goes on an open line at the 356-9397. You can uh, text us at the 351-5357. Back after this. Join us on Monday for the next edition of the Lovey Smith Show at Buffalo Wild Wings in Savoy. We'll talk about the Nebraska game and get ready for Iowa. Monday night at 7 here on DWS. I don't know how many of you are uh, Chicago Bears fans or how many of you uh, watched the uh, game last night or tried to. It was hard to watch. The uh, 
Bears coach John Fox said he's evaluating every position, including quarterback. Mike Glennon had four turnovers in that ugly loss last night, 35-14. to They got beat by the Packers. Two uh, touchdowns scored by the Packers in the first minute of the game. And Fox said, we need to make a lot of changes. We'll evaluate everything. We've got a lot of work to do before we line up against Minnesota. We're going to look at everything. He refused to pin all the Bears' woes on Glennon. He said, I don't think all those were Mike's uh, turnovers. Again, there are a lot of people out there that are involved. We had drop balls. We had penalties. Plenty of stuff to pass around. I think we evaluate every day. I'm not going to... It's not going to be a new novelty. It's just that, obviously, we have to fix some things on our football team. We were 1-3 and three to start the season. Not just the quarterback. Everybody wants to talk about the quarterback, but we have more issues than the quarterback. The Bears promised Glennon, who signed for $16 million guaranteed. The, uh, they promised him the, uh, the starting job in 2017, even after they had drafted a quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky the second uh, overall in uh, April. But Glennon has eight turnovers in four games. And Glennon is the only Bears player in the past 40 seasons with three turnovers and a half, twice within the first four games of the season. And uh, Glennon said the number one thing we obviously have to fix are the turnovers. I'm not giving our team a chance when you turn over the ball like that. Trubisky elevated to number two in the quarterback depth chart ahead of Mark Sanchez four weeks ago, sparked the Bears' offense in the preseason, passed for 364 yards and three touchdowns, no interceptions. Again, Mitch is a young player, four regular season games in his rookie season in the NFL, Fox said, like I said, we have a big gap here in terms of Trubisky's experience versus Glennon's. We'll look for everything and everybody, not just the quarterback position. So uh, the protests and uh, the standing with your arms uh, locked or dealing or whatever you uh, choose to do is, of course, uh, still going on. And Aaron Rodgers, the uh, quarterback for uh, Green Bay, had asked people in the stands to uh, to join them in a show of uh, unity. And he uh, told the news people uh, yesterday that his team was going to stand and link arms during the national anthem, and he invited the Packers fans to do likewise. And... About 200 players chose to protest after Trump's uh, comments. Uh, remember when the president, uh, what he had to say about uh, the players, call them SOBs, and a handful of others uh, raised their fists. Uh, the league has about uh, 16, almost 1,700 players on active uh, rosters. Cameras uh, panning around Lambeau Field in Green Bay showed some fans locking arms with one another as well, but some could be seen waving American flags while others were saluting the large flag stretched out over the field. This is about equality, Rogers uh, said. He 
played his college football at UC Berkeley. So this is about unity and love and growing together as a society and starting a conversation about something that may be a little bit uncomfortable for people. Well, not everybody goes along with this. Uh, some are afraid it's going to get down to the high school, uh, the college and the high school level. And a Louisiana superintendent told his school district yesterday that student athletes who don't stand for the national anthem could face consequences. This is a very, uh, very strange uh, ruling uh, coming. Maybe this is the first time they've ever had to, to do something like that. But uh, Scott Smith, who is the parish school superintendent, said in a statement to a television station that the least the district could do is expect to stand in solidarity when the national anthem is being played at sporting events. Smith said the principals and the staffs have the discretion in determining what consequences the student-athlete could potentially face. Separately, Parkway High School, one of the 34 high schools in the district, said in a letter to students that failing to stand for the national anthem could result in loss of playing time. Parkway High School, this is the, uh, the statement, Parkway High School requires student-athletes to stand in a respectful manner throughout the national anthem and during any sporting event in which their team is participating. That's from their uh, principal, uh, Waylon Bates. Failure to comply will result in loss of playing time and or participation as directed by the head coach and the principal. So they're not going to kick them out of school or doing anything like that. They're going to put them on the bench. Very strange. But uh, we're in the middle of a strange time, that's for sure. It's the 926. We take a break here at 356-9397. The text line is 3515357. Let's get some dialogue going here this morning. Maybe I'm on some topics that you're not ready to talk about or don't want to talk about. Maybe you have some of your own, some things that you've been wondering about, something you read in the paper or something you heard on our radio station. Maybe you saw something on the television you want to talk about. Anything at all goes on an open line, and this would be the last uh, half hour coming up of an open line this week. So uh, jump in after we take uh, this quick break and uh, the news coming up right after that. Let's uh, take our uh, commercial break first and come right back. Take one uh, quick call here before the uh, news uh, headlines. This is uh, Greg in Monticello. Hello, Greg. Jim, I watched that uh, entire Vietnam series. I thought it was the best one that uh, Ken Burns has done. But towards the end of that last night, they had uh, a, pic- a film of David Brinkley standing out among the headstones at Arlington National Cemetery. And he said, in the future, when some president decides to get us into something like that, he ought to, he ought to come out here and take a look around and think about it. I thought that was pretty, uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. I wonder if our uh, current uh, president has uh, done that. I would uh, doubt it. Well, I do too, but uh, I was telling somebody this morning that if we still had the draft, this thing in the Mideast would have been, we'd have had our guys home a long time ago, but thank God we've got a volunteer army, and there's people that will go over there and uh, and do the 
the fighting and uh, what needs to be done over there. But that war, this Gulf War, Mideast thing, that's gone on for 15 years. The Vietnam War, they said last night, was from 1945 till 1975. And look at Korea. We probably have more people in Korea now than we did during the war over there. That'll that'll never end. Yeah, those uh, both of those uh, are wars that <laughs> I I don't know. We got people uh, everywhere. We got some people in uh, Germany. We got them in uh, Korea. We got them. We got them all over. And uh, oh, the well, the Vietnam War uh, started with uh, long, long before uh, we got involved in it. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah. Yeah, with the but, French uh, and so forth. I didn't see that Ellen DeGeneres show with Jane Fonda. I, re- I refuse to watch anything with Jane Fonda. I have no respect for her. But, uh, well, I heard you uh, talk about that, Bear, that Bears game last night. I, I didn't watch any of that, but I'm sure that place was packed like it always is. Oh, it is. Yeah, they they were packed. They didn't all do what Aaron Rodgers asked them to do, though. He, he was yeah. He was dreaming of everybody, uh, you know, uh, folding uh, or uh, standing together and uh, arms together and so forth, and they didn't all do that. A lot of them were waving American flags and uh, doing exactly the, the opposite of what he wanted. Yeah, I got, a break, for the, got a break for the news here, uh, Greg, but okay. I sure appreciate your call. Thanks. It is the 932, 66 degrees at the Radio Center. Brian Barnhart, I want to remind you the there is a football game tonight. It's yes. not tomorrow, it's tonight. <laughs> yeah, I've done this with, uh, I know you have two basketball games on a Friday night. Uh, no That's problem. One thing. No that, problem you, there. Yeah, That's but right. it's a whole different animal with football. So, Well, football's, uh, I don't know about you, it was, uh, is a lot harder to uh, prepare for than, mm-hmm. uh, than a basketball game. You've got more players for one thing. <laughs> yes, a lot more players and you're further away. From yeah. the action, yeah, you can. Sometimes you I, that press box. Sometimes up in the press box, you have to uh, look over at the uh, the scoreboard to see what really happened. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, uh, it's uh, Friday. Uh, it's a we're playing a Nebraska team that is not as good as they've been uh, in a lot of years. They still are the favorite, uh, but only by. I see this morning, I think it's a six, uh, six or six and a half, something mm-hmm. like that. So it's a, a good chance for the Illini to to have some uh, fun on a uh, on a Friday night. Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, last year, Illinois, I forgot about this when I first started preparing, Illinois led the game in the fourth quarter in Lincoln. And there was a, a spot that was somewhat disputed, and then eventually Nebraska took the ball and Drove down and won, you know, by a couple of scores. But uh, and then two years ago, of course, Illinois won. So for most of the last two games, it's been very closely contested. And we've got a coach at Nebraska that's uh, probably uh, on the very hottest of seats because uh, they don't uh, take kindly to losing it at Nebraska. And they've already fired people and the athletic director, right? Yes, uh, the athletic director was fired, and then uh, the interim director now is a guy that a lot of people know, Dave Remington. Of course, they have an award named after him. Yeah, but, indeed. Uh, he's the interim AD anyway, but Mike Riley, from what I understand, is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. He's uh, very polite, good-natured, but I know that he's been stressed, I think, I'm sure, by uh, all this. Nice guy's finished last. Somebody, <laughs> said, somebody said that. I believe that was Leo DeRocher. It is amazing Mets, right? Yeah. Well, anyway, I just want to remind you in case you'd uh, forget that the game is tonight. 
Well, I'm going to try to remember. It's on my mind. I'm trying to pace myself today. <laughs> there you oh. go. Uh, 9.35 and the news headlines with Brian Barnard. We'll come back after that with more of our open line. We're back on uh, Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin. This is an open line until uh, 10 o'clock. Then it'll be Illini Friday with Kent Brown and uh, Barry Hauser. Eric is uh, up next. Hello, Eric. Hi, good morning, Jim. Um, you know, you were talking about the uh, the Vietnam show with uh, the Ken Burns did, and I thought that was, if not his finest work, right up there at the Civil War. It was such a well-done and well-researched. Uh, uh, everything down to the musical selection, you know, that um, they were picking music from that particular time. It wasn't like you were seeing something from 1965 and they were playing a song from, you know, 69 or something. It was that meticulously detailed, which was really uh, well done. But I thought um, one of the great things that they pointed out was, uh, you know, prior to that war, you know, you never, you know, didn't believe something the president told you. And then after that, it became very easy to to understand that yeah these people do lie a lot and uh, and you can't believe half of anything you hear you know from from the government anymore especially the president because yeah that was I, uh, of course uh, before the uh, before the internet and uh, and all right. the the uh, the uh, cable channels and et cetera et cetera there, there was a lot more coverage if you will uh, uh, going on then but uh, we didn't know we didn't have any idea or. Most people didn't have any idea of what was uh, happening, and uh, all we knew is uh, what they told us. Now, uh, if uh, the president or some general uh, says something, uh, there are all kinds of people who are going to find out if that's true or not. Right, no, no doubt about it. And uh, just it, it also it goes to show what a what a monumental waste of uh, time and, and lives that whole war was too. I mean, it's like uh, you know, even now you ask, what, what, what were we doing there? You know, it just didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense then. It even makes almost less sense now, you know, to uh, have um, have that many people killed for next to nothing. Even the soldiers themselves didn't want to go out and fight after a certain point. It was, uh, there was no point in risking your own lives. So um, I just thought it was uh, really magnificent. And if you, it's like 10 episodes long. You were saying uh, you didn't, weren't sure how, how many parts it was in. But yeah, 10, 10 different episodes. And it's all available on their uh the PBS app, too, so you could watch it on demand now if you wanted to. Uh, yeah, they're still uh, showing it. Uh, are, they, are they finished with uh, showing yeah. it once? Or? Last, last night was the last episode on TV, but like I said, it's it's available on their app online, so you can watch anytime. And I would guess that uh, sometime during a slow period or a fundraising period or sometime they will... <laughs> They'll uh, repeat it. I, I would. I don't know if that's uh, true or not, but uh, they, yeah. they they might. But uh, Ken Burns has never done a bad one, has he? I mean, somebody uh, told me. Uh, somebody told me yesterday that right now he's working on one on the country music. I wasn't aware of that, but I know this one took uh, like almost ten years, I think, of time to put it in. You can really see it in the effort. But no, I've I've enjoyed all the ones that I've seen from. Civil War, I know, starting up to World War II and uh, well, Prohibition. The one, the one on the national, uh, one on the national parks was fantastic. Didn't see that entire one, but um, how about baseball? That was a great one too. <laughs> yeah, they're. Uh, it's a great, great work. I have no idea. I have no clue how you go about putting something like that together. They, you know, first of all, they gathered. They had so much uh, live. Uh, uh, f- uh, coverage of film uh, mostly from uh, from those days. I had to go find that. 
Right. And then uh, they oh. had, they had uh, well, I, I don't know. Of course, you've got hundreds of people uh, working on it. I understand that part, but uh, it, it's great. It's uh, well worth uh, people's uh, time. It's uh, and there are a lot of uh, young people that have no idea that there even was a Vietnam War. And, uh, well, one one thing is very interesting. My wife is Canadian, and uh, they didn't learn much about that, you know, in school up there. So she got to learn a heck of a lot. It was a great education piece for her, and and uh, probably should be required reading for a lot of people, young people, uh, growing up. So, anyway, just wanted to just wanted to share about that, Jim. I'm glad you called. Uh, thanks very much. Let's go to uh, Cliff. Good morning, Cliff. Good morning. I hope you don't mind if I change the subject here for a moment. I had a comment about an editorial in the paper this morning. A uh, local piece about uh, sort of economics 101, the laws of supply and demand, and specifically regarding, I don't know if it was an intentional play on words in the beginning of that piece or not, but uh, it oh, mentioned you, about... you know that uh, Jim Dye is a clever guy. He, he can be, and I, I, it wasn't it wasn't presented as a direct direct quote, quote although he might have been quoting somebody when uh, they, uh, it said the employees... Uh, must earn $15 an hour to be able to make a living wage. And I thought, well, you know, that's exactly right. They need to earn $15 an hour, not earn 9 10 11 and be given 15 They need to earn 15 And I don't think that was really intended as as such, but that's kind of kind of caught my eyes. Like, yes, I, I agree on that point. They do need to earn $15 an hour, but to give them that for a $10 job is not doing anybody any, any favors. That's a very interesting point. I uh, had not. I, I've clipped that editorial uh, for when the die is here, because we always go back over and and uh, talk about them. But uh, I didn't uh, see that. But very interesting. Uh, I don't know if that was a play on words, as you say, or if uh, that's uh, it's meant uh, meant that way. But uh, yeah, certainly, I, I certainly think... every, everybody should should uh, earn what the, the what they're paid. But, right. I think so often they they. What they're saying uh, on, in in their presentations is we need to be paid fifteen dollars an hour. Well, not necessarily. You just simply need to earn fifteen dollars an hour, develop job skills, what have you, mm-hmm. but uh, not be paid uh, an unreasonable uh, wage that does not match the services provided. Interesting point. Uh, thank you, Cliff. And uh, we go to Chris. Hi, Chris. Morning, Jim. Uh, comments on two of your subjects, if I may. Sure. Um, one uh, with the with the whole NFL thing. I think it's becoming very confusing at this point. I mean, when it started off, everyone who was or anyone who was kneeling was kind of in support of uh, Kaepernick's uh, uh, boycott of the anthem, and then everybody who was standing was kind of supporting the traditional way. Now you've got the guys with the arm length both kneeling. And standing, that's like the Cowboys the other night. They all linked arms and knelt before the anthem, and then all linked arms and stood during the anthem, which I think is leaving people wondering exactly what. Well, I think what well, the, well, the Cowboys know, it's were unity, trying, but on both sides of the issue, it sounds like. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. It is confusing for sure. I think what the Cowboys were trying to do was to uh, to uh, kneel and uh, and and show. Uh, Unity, because that's uh, something that uh, you remember uh, Jerry Jones uh, the day before had uh, said anybody that uh, doesn't do this uh, is going to get, you won't be a cowboy any longer. Well, he had right. to take that back because what was he going to do if uh, you know, a couple dozen of them decided that they were going to defy him? 
But yep, anyway, the exactly. uh, way they explained it was that that was a show of uh, unity, and then they decided to stand uh, afterwards for the uh, national anthem. Yeah, it just sort of leaves one scratching their head, wondering exactly what 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 the whole message is at this point. Is uh, well, I've heard a lot but, of people uh, say, "What what is it they're protesting?" And yeah. uh, and you have to go back, I think, to uh, they're, they're kind of losing sight of uh, what uh, Kaepernick was protesting, which was his uh, his idea, his uh, his conception of uh, what the uh, the police were doing, the uh, the inequality there, and uh, the all the right. shoot- shootings that exactly. had gone on, and all those things. That was what he was uh, protesting, and uh, now. Uh, Nobody followed him really. Maybe one or two other people followed him, but certainly not team after team after team. And that happened because uh, of what the president had to say, right? Calling him SOBs. So, uh, are they protesting the president, or are they protesting uh, uh, to uh, to go along with uh, what Kaepernick was saying, or? You know, uh, you it's know, confusing. I, I just like back, just like back in the '60s, somebody's protesting something. Anyway, you know, whatever it is, uh, which kind of ties in the, the, to, to my other comment was on the uh, on the Vietnam series. Now, I don't watch much television. I've only seen a couple, few snippets of it myself. But I definitely want to watch the the, the whole ser- the whole series there when it's available. I love his stuff. Um, I don't know how much treatment. Uh, the the media end of the Vietnam War got, but it's interesting recollection I was having with a few uh, similar age folks the other day. We were all young adults in that era, and uh, it used to be, it wasn't comical to watch the news, but it was interesting every night. And after a while, it was almost like one of those drinking games where you have a drink every time you hear something said or repeated. And I can remember that the casualty stats were kind of the astounding thing on the news every night. And they were almost always reported the same way. They would come out and say that uh, uh, the Viet Cong casualties were 617. U.S. casualties were light. And so it was the phenomenon that they had an exact head count on enemy casualties, and ours were just kind of a vague pass by, you know, which either the media was complicit in, I would say, or they sure never dug too hard to get into it. Um, it wasn't really till after the war was already winding down that, the, in my memory anyway, the Cronkites and the Brinkleys and so forth came down kind of on the other side of it. Otherwise, it was just kind of reporting that I guess maybe that was the original fake news, uh, you know, 50 years ago. No, I don't think it was their Um, fault, uh, though. uh, I think it was the information that they were being uh, given that caused them to to report it that way. For example, uh, there was one episode in uh, in the Vietnam uh, series where there was a a battle between uh, a a group of... uh, Americans and a group of the Viet Cong, and uh, the, the Americans were overwhelmed. Virtually every person there was uh, killed or wounded, and there were like six or seven of them left. And their uh, 
commander said, uh, we want you, uh, six or seven, the, the, the fight's over, to go uh, uh, over to see how many uh, Viet Cong uh, bodies you can find. And uh, when, they, when they came back, they said, uh, we couldn't find any. And uh, the guy in general, Westmoreland, was the person that had asked him, and Westmoreland says, well, that won't fly. We, we, we're not uh, telling people that. We'll uh, tell them something else, and, and indeed he did. He said that, uh, that they, they showed what he had uh, told the American public, and, and what it was was that our, as you suggest, our uh, casualties were light, and several people Several uh, dozen uh, Viet Cong were killed, but they yep. couldn't, couldn't find the body. Now, yeah, I, I remember. I mean, those were the stories from all the guys who were in country and so forth at the time. Is that uh, the Viet Cong normally would would, as to the best of their ability, take their dead and wounded with them when they pull back from the field? Well, that's so true. So that the casualty counts were virtually always fabricated. Mm-hmm. You know kind of going around and asking each guy, well, how many did you get, you know, kind of a thing, and, and, and totaling it up. But it's, I guess the interesting part to us, even at the time, was that the the media didn't either have the ability or at that time maybe the attitude that they have now to really dig in and keep asking questions. Like you say, they were getting kind of bogus reports they were just kind of turning around and, and relaying them to the general public without a whole lot of digging going on. Yeah, we always, uh, we always joke now and say if, uh, if D-Day were now, there would be people on the beach with the cameras uh, pointing uh, to the uh, American yeah. invasion, you know. Yeah, yeah they would they'd be filming the landing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks a lot. Uh, Appreciate your thanks, uh, call, thanks, sir. Have a good one. 9.53, a quick break here. Coming right back. Phone lines open, uh, 356-9397. Uh, text me at 3515357. We're back on uh, Penny of Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin. Phone lines open at 356-9397. Coming up at uh, 10 o'clock, the news from CBS. Then it'll be our Illini Friday. We'll visit with uh, Kent Brown and uh, with Barry Hauser and talk about all the activities this week. And indeed, very, very busy a weekend as far as uh, Illini sports and activities are concerned. I mentioned uh, earlier the North Koreans uh, said uh, uh, 5 million citizens have offered to join or re-enlist in the Korean People's uh, Army following President Trump's threats to totally destroy the country. About 4.7 million devout students and workers, including over a million women have volunteered to join the military and a looming conflict with its neighbors. Uh, Ed, something's uh, going on in here when you're, whatever you're working on in there. Did you hear that, Jim? We got gremlins out here this morning. We've had all kinds of uh, problems with uh, mics and so forth. Uh, Over a million women, students and workers, over a million women, 4.7 million total, volunteered to join the military. Sounds like uh, the United States back during World War II, didn't it, where we were all on one side, we knew who the enemy was, and uh, banded together. 
Younger citizens wrote threatening slogans in their petitions, including, Let us blow up the U.S. empire of evils with five million nuclear bombs. The new recruits reportedly pledged to take the lead in the final battle against the U.S. and will become part of the Army within six days. Tensions have been escalating between the U.S. and North Korea since it began showcasing its progress in developing nuclear weapons, including missile tests and the explosion of what North Korea said was a hydrogen bomb. Trump, then, has been attacking who he called Rocket Man, Kim Jong-un, for weeks now, urging him to stop the threats. Trump tweeted September 22nd that the North Korean leader was obviously a madman who would be tested like never before. At the United Nations uh, meeting last week, Trump also said the regime was on a suicide mission. Well, as I said before, and I've said so many times, we live in a very weird time now. Very serious things are going on. And at the Champaign County board level, you never know what's going to happen there. Last night, they went on record in favor of a budget that assumes the sale of the county-owned nursing home next spring. The 12-7 to 7 vote, which is uh, essentially non-binding, was uh, taken in order to give the county administrator Rick Snyder guidance for preparing a full 2018 budget that would be ready for a county vote in November, county uh, board vote in November. But there are plenty of opportunities in the coming months for the board members to reverse the vote. Voting in favor of the budget that uh, assumes the county will operate the Champaign County Nursing Home for six months and then sell it sometime next year for all 10 Republicans on the county board, plus uh, Democrats, uh, Patsy uh, Petrie of Champaign and Chris Elix of uh, Urbana. Our time is up. The news is next at the top of the hour. Then it'll be Illini Friday, so stick with us. If you have any uh, sports-type questions you'd like to ask about the busy weekend, let us know here on DWS in Champaign-Urbana. And welcome to our Illini Friday portion of uh, Penny. We always do this before the Illinois home football games. And uh, Kent Brown is here. Barry Hauser uh, just to let us know that he will not be able to uh, make it today. What's the matter? Is that guy busy or something? You think think it was a game day or something. Yeah, what's wrong with him? (laughs) I can imagine these uh, this Friday night as opposed to uh, any of the various times we played on Saturday. It changes a complete routine for for all of you guys, and uh, especially if you've got – 300 and some people to, uh, to worry about. They got classes and everything else. Apparently, the, the school isn't canceled today. I, I don't understand it. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe it. we just didn't cancel everybody's work and, and, uh, and uh, school today. But no, uh, you know, Barry's got a lot of balls he's juggling on those things. And I, it's not surprising, but 
Uh, too bad he wasn't able to make it out today, but uh, well, we got a lot of things. He'll be there about. tonight. Yeah. Oh yeah, we got we got Illini stuff coming all different different directions today. Well, we've got the uh, we got the game. We got the uh, Hall of uh, Fame activities tomorrow. We'll talk about uh, both of those uh, and uh, something that uh, some of the uh, track and cross country uh, guys and friends of uh, Gary Winicky are putting together a little thing on uh, Sunday afternoon. I'm not so sure it's a little, but uh, I know the more than certain... 200 have signed up to yeah, come. Yeah, it's it's that's going to be a, a special day, and and those of us who have known Gary and Peg for. Uh, all these years, and Peg, or, and, you know, shoot, uh, Gary started coaching here in the '60s, and uh, um, I was fortunate enough to to work with him for many years, and mm-hmm. and got to know Gary and Peg very well. And um, it's you know, it's a it's a battle that Gary's been uh, waging. Cancer's a a tough uh, opponent, and um, as he's kind of winding down here in in, in the uh, last stages of that. Uh, his teams and the and the athletes that work for him and coaches and others who have been around him and his family um, are are having a a uh, uh, what, what uh, a celebration of life with Gary while he can be a part of it. And so one o'clock on uh, Sunday at City Center there at Fat City, um, there'll be a lot of people, a lot of stories. I'm sure, a lot of hugs, a lot of tears, a lot of laughter. Uh, those those cross country and track teams were, were incredibly successful during his time period uh, as a head coach, um, and so it, I'm I'm looking forward to going uh, and, and participating and and uh, um, seeing a lot of those people as well. So it should be a really special afternoon. Yeah, well, he's been called the uh, what was that? Uh, I saw that the the Einstein the, of the eight hundred. Einstein of the eight hundred. <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty good uh, pretty good quote. And he'll have a lot of those uh, of those guys here, and I know we've all been uh, corresponding and, and talking to uh, Craig Virgin here, who is uh, here this uh, week uh, along w- with them. And uh, you know, he's the, the greatest uh, uh, distance and cross country runner in the history of the school, by no, no <laughs> doubt about it. I don't it. even know who's second. It'd be a, it's a long long ways between him and second place. Uh, anybody who's won the world cross country championship twice. And he's the only American male to do that anywhere, and he did it twice. Uh, he's our only male uh, national champion and won numerous Big Ten championships and uh, All-America honors, was on three Olympic teams, um, incredible career as a runner. I mean, I know uh, you may have already talked about his book a little bit, but he's got a, a book about his career uh, that he's in town this week doing some signings. Uh, but, you know, when he was named to the to the Hall of Fame class and this date was scheduled as the – uh, the induction weekend, uh, his teammates and, and folks all uh, from different many different years of, of Gary's tenure, uh, you know, tried to make this a decided this would be a great weekend to get everybody together for that. And so it'll be it'll be really special. It'll be a really nice event on Sunday, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of familiar faces and uh, a lot of those athletes uh, back in back in town for that. And if you're uh, coming to the uh, event, uh, the Hall of Fame event, which we will get to here in just a moment, I want to make sure you know that uh, this is not, uh, uh, from a dress standpoint, it is not the the same as the one in Chicago, which was uh, pretty classy. A lot of people had a war tux and all those kinds of things. A lot of people really dressed up. And uh, 
This is, you can, uh, casual dress, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, the, the folks who are going to be on the stage are probably going to have a tie on or a or dress business uh, attire. But uh, I think we think of fans coming in. This is an Illini event. I think we'll see a lot of orange and blue, uh, casual uh, dress. Uh, but I think that we'll see a lot of orange and blue in the stands uh, uh, on on Saturday afternoon. Starts at 2 o'clock. It's free and open to the event. Enter through the west entrance of State Farm Center. We have concessions will be open. Um, afterwards, we're going to ask the, as many Hall of Famers and, and the families of those Hall of Famers to stick around for 30 minutes or so to greet fans who uh, have met them, known them throughout their career. and, and Take a few pictures. Maybe take a few pictures and, and, and stick around a little bit. Not everybody's going to be able to do that. There's a couple who are going to have to uh, go to other uh, leave for travel purposes, but most of them I think are going to be able to stick around. So uh, it'll be a very special day. I think I keep t- continue telling everybody, anytime you have a chance to hear Jerry Colangelo, Manny Jackson, Dick Buckus, groups of people like that caliber um, speak, Avery Grossfeld, I mean the, some of these all-time greats uh, who have accomplished so much, it is worth the effort to be there because I have never – I made a decision a long time ago after hearing Jerry Colangelo for the first time going, anytime I have a chance to be around that man and listen to him speak – I will be there, and Manny's the same way. And um, you know, we, we're so fortunate to have a, a great alum like Dick Buckus, who's going to be back. He's the all-time great. So, anytime you can be in presence of them and hear them, I think you got to try to be there. I'm so proud of uh, Jerry Colangelo. I uh, was uh, doing the the games back when he was playing, and uh, rode with him a lot of times in those old DC threes and things. And uh, he. Uh, he went from the University of Illinois up to, to Chicago, and uh, don't even want to go through the, the whole uh, <laughs> career. But they, of course, he's been in charge of uh, USA uh, basketball and uh, the Olympic teams for quite a while since 2005, mm-hmm. and um, led them to three straight gold medals. But what he has accomplished in the Phoenix and Arizona area, I mean, the people there have. Uh, uh, have an incredible debt to what Jerry has brought to to that community, to the city of Phoenix, uh, to the different things. I mean, he's owned the Diamondbacks, he's owned the Coyotes, he's owned the the women's uh, basketball team. He's uh, the Suns. He was a one-time owner. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, in what he's done in the community outside of sports. I mean, it's just amazing, and um, uh, what he means to to that. And and so we're very proud to have him as an alum. And very proud to have him part of this first class. Manny Jackson from a boxcar to boardrooms. I remember when uh, Manny was he used to come to the Illinois games when we played in uh, Minneapolis when he was uh, working up there, and he was a he's been a loyal Illini fan ever, ever since the day he left here. Absolutely, and uh, again, you know what he's accomplished. Just uh, was inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame for uh, his relationship with the Globetrotters, his owner. Uh, but he's, you know, he's a story. I mean, he was, you know, there's been a movie made about him. So, you know, I mean, it's amazing what his life has been. Um, you know, the, the the group of people who are going into this, and we knew going when we started this that the the, the group of people that have uh, built the athletic tradition here over the last 130 years is an amazing, amazing group. And what's very exciting is after this first 28, and it's really because uh, – Darren Williams and and Steve Stricker weren't able to be here part of our celebration this summer. We're going to defer them. They're going to be part of the inaugural class, but we're going to induct them officially when they they can come back. Um, When you have names like Hallis and 
Zucky and Gill and Grange and Buddy Young and you just go down the line. I mean, uh, you know, D. Brown recently, uh, uh, Nancy Thies Marshall from Urbana. Uh, th- what they've accomplished, it's a pretty amazing thing. I think it makes me very proud to be uh, an alum of this school and someone who's worked here for, for several years, and I would think that it makes the Illini pr- Nation everywhere very proud. I wanted to mention, uh, too, we mentioned a virgin's a book. Uh, Mike Pearson has uh, the latest edition of his uh, Legends Listen Lore, and uh, he's around, uh, too, and, uh, boy, if uh, there's a line of fan uh, anywhere that uh, doesn't have a copy of this book, they, they should go get one. This is the third version of it, and it's been about 15 years since it was updated, and I, it's about twice as thick as the, as the last one. Mike came in uh, yesterday, and we were kind of talking. He's like, when, when, he goes, when you guys are ready to do the fourth version, you might want to contact somebody else. He put, <laughs> <laughs> this has been a... Uh, a long project. It takes a, a lot of uh, work, uh, the, the research that goes into this. He spent a lot of time in our office scanning photos and uh, pulling together information, looking at our records and things like that uh, as he was working through this. And I guess you can do that when you're retired. Mm-hmm. Uh, but very, very proud of Mike for, for the effort he put into that. And, and uh, he's got two or three different signings uh, of the book today. And, um, and so a lot of that's in social media uh, on our uh website and our social media uh and and mike has his own uh twitter account as well and so all those are out there hope fans get a chance to uh to to see him and and to pick up the book and uh don't drop it on your toe (laughs) the thing is big it's 500 pages 500 pages (laughs) well that brings us to uh, tonight uh nebraska coming here a team that uh you know in all frankness is not quite as good as they've been in the past but uh nonetheless uh still a a big 10 team uh, but uh, and a team that's a, uh, like a one-touchdown favorite over the Illini, but uh, a lot of people feel like the Illini have a, a very good uh, chance here, and it is a night game, which is always uh, special. And uh, talk a little bit about uh, what's happening surrounding the game. Well, the tailgate uh, lots are already open, and there are <laughs> tents out there. You know, I mean, we've already uh, – some of the traffic flow around the stadium is game day traffic flow with the Kirby Street, Kirby Avenue, I should say, uh, blocked off around the stadium. And uh, But, yeah, there are people in the lots. They were at 7 o'clock this morning. The lot's open, and so we've got some, some activity going on out there. But really this afternoon is when things really get going. Um at, in Grange Grove from 3 to 4 o'clock, Dick Buckus, who we talked about, is going to be signing autographs at the uh, Game Day Spirit uh, store there. We have a T-shirt co-branded with Dick and, and the athletics department, and Dick is for an hour from 3 to 4 o'clock. We'll sign autographs for the folks who buy the buy the shirts. Uh, and if they have a child with them, they'll be handed an autograph card to a kid if, uh, if a young person goes through the line. Now, so, where, where is this going to be? They're in Grange Grove, right in the middle of Grange Grove. Okay. Uh, Game Day Spirit has a store there. Uh, and so that's where Dick will be from 3 to 4 o'clock. Uh, the Illini walk starts at about between 4.30 and 4.45. Um, so that's when the, the team, in, led by Lovey, comes through the middle of Grange Grove, and Barry and his band will be there. Uh, we got two different bands going on in Grange Grove starting around 5. Lewis the Child, which is a, uh, more for the, in the student section on the north end of Grange Grove. Uh, Chicago group, very popular. And then the Feudin Hillbillies will be playing at the south end of Grange Grove. And so those will be both going on about 5 o'clock. Um, obviously, at halftime tonight, we're going to be uh, recognizing those the Hall of Famers who were able to make it back for the, uh, for the event this weekend. So very excited about uh, 
taking them out on the field. Uh, Barry uh, granted us a couple of minutes on the field uh, during his band celebration or band performance. Uh, the first 5,000 people who come into the stadium tonight will get a, a pint glass, a collectible Hall of Fame pint glass, very nice uh, glass. And then we've got 5,000 posters that will be set out around the stadium so the fans who see those and want to pick up a poster can can do that as well uh, before they go. So got some things going. should be a um, – a really fun day. The weather has been absolutely terrific. Uh, last Saturday, I don't know if it was about 95 and just an oven outside. And I was thinking, boy, I'm glad we're not playing last. I'm sitting at home thinking I'm glad we're not playing today because the uh, the weather was – it would just been brutal to sit through a game uh, in that temperature. Uh, but tonight should be in the low 70s, upper 60s. Should be just a beautiful evening uh, for football. I was uh, riding my uh, bike last night right around uh, 7 o'clock, and I thought, wow, this is a little nippy. I, I'm going to <laughs> take a jacket to the game tomorrow night. May want to. May want to have a jacket around. So uh, we still have a good ticket. We have a great ticket uh, deal going, four tickets for uh, $69. Um, the people can still pick those up today at the ticket office. Um, but, yeah, it's it's going to start getting some activity around the stadium uh, here it's going to pick up as the day goes along. Uh, it's a little odd, you know, having a, a work day being a, a game day. This is uh, the only Friday home game that we've got. We played one a couple years ago, and we got uh, lightninged out, uh, stormed out until the next day. But, uh, you know, this is one of those unique things where we're trying to be good partners with our with the Big Ten and our Big Ten television partners. Uh, they asked us to, to move a game to Friday night. Fox Sports 1 is the uh, – uh, broadcast partner for tonight, uh, so we're 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 giving it a try and and see how it goes and and uh, who knows where we'll be at down the road. But it seems like more and more, and we all know it that there are no more sacred days in in uh, sports and especially in college sports. So, uh, but we're going to be a sh- shot tonight. It should be a really great atmosphere. And uh, some of the high schools, uh, not very many, but I think uh, a couple have moved their game to uh, Saturday. Uh, just uh, you know, just uh, flip flopping, like uh, the Illini have done. And uh, some would prefer that uh, that uh, college teams uh, don't play on a Friday night. But uh, there is no stopping uh, this uh, influx of. Uh, Game after game, uh, night after night, uh, not only, uh, but as you mentioned, the, the, the NFL uh, also, they play all the time, <laughs> yeah, don't they? Pretty much, almost. I mean, there was a game last night in, in uh, Ames, Iowa. Texas played uh, Iowa State, and it's it's kind of the sign of the times, you know. I don't know. We all don't have to agree with it, but it's it's sign of the times of what's going on, and and um, as, as, the, uh, as our television partners work very closely and try to get as many games on – uh, national broadcast as we can. Um, that's it's it's where we're at. So, uh, Fox Sports One, one of our new partners. It's the first trip that they've made to uh, Champaign for college football. Uh, they've got a 4K uh, camera set up. So 4K for those of f- fans who have who are going to be at home and have the 4K televisions. It's apparently even more sharp than HD. I'm not really sure because I haven't really studied that much. I've been told that. Especially with big TVs, it's it's a it's quite a difference. So, uh, this is a 4K telecast. So, uh, the people who have that will be able to take advantage of that. I noticed in the uh, college calendar in the News Gazette uh, this morning that uh, uh, 
uh, tonight. We we need to mention uh, to uh, volleyball because they're off on a pretty good uh, pretty good start in the the non conference, and then they won their first two conference games on the road. And they play uh, at uh, Penn State uh, tonight about uh, six thirty, and uh, then they play again uh, at the Rutgers on uh, Sunday. But uh, the, tomorrow. Men's tennis, men's cross country, women's uh, swimming, and women's cross country baseball, softball, all in action tomorrow. Yeah, a lot of the traditional spring sports have a fall schedule as well, and so uh, they're they're all getting some games in. Baseball's played several games already. Softball's played several games already. Tennis is mainly uh, individual. They don't they don't really keep team scores at this point this in the fall, but they all do individual tournaments somewhere. Uh, cross country. This is the middle of cross country season. Uh, probably in about another month, we'll be uh, talking Big Ten and NCAA uh, cross country. Our men's team is off to a great start and, and ranked nationally, and and uh, excited about that. So, yeah, we you know the, it, it it really starts happening here. Uh, basketball practice starts this weekend uh, for real. The official practices. Uh, so they'll they uh, in what about six or eight weeks? About eight, seven or eight weeks, we'll have uh, basketball games. So off we go there too. Speaking of uh, basketball, I noticed the uh, the uh, chancellor put out a uh, statement, as did uh, uh, the coach, uh, regarding the uh, the, uh, the scandal. I guess you could call it that. The investigation by the the feds and the, the FBI uh, that Illinois has not been uh, you have not been notified about anything and uh, do not uh, seem to be a part of this at all. That's all indications are that, and, and we hope that that's the way it continues, obviously. Something we're all watching. I mean, it's obviously something that's really kind of gripped, especially those of us in college athletics, uh, gripped our attention pretty closely because uh, some of the, the things that uh, were, were brought out uh, during the uh, press conference uh, on Tuesday was, was pretty uh, amazing and shocking. I don't want to use uh, the former coach at Louisville's word, but I knew it was it was pretty amazing to uh, to see some of those charges and and uh, obviously the FBI has different means of gathering information the NCAA and um, you know I think everybody should be it's an eye opener right it's an eye opener for everybody at every at every level and and it's something we're all going to be continue to watch and and monitor because it's uh, I don't personally don't probably believe it's it's probably over yet so. No, it's not over. When you get uh, these uh, 10 people who have been arrested and uh, when you find out what the charges are against them and they get ready to uh, to say you're going to prison, but uh, would you like to talk, that they might talk. Uh, that's the way, uh, way it usually works, and who knows what they might say because they all will no doubt have uh, stories of their own implicating uh, other people. But uh, I'm talking about primarily now the, uh, the agents and... Uh, some of the assistant coaches that have uh, gotten into trouble. But uh, basketball practice does indeed start, and I think uh, people are excited about Illinois basketball. I do too. I think we're all very, very excited about what Brad's style of play and uh, what he's going to bring. And even Nancy Faye on the on the women's side is starting to line up a couple of players uh, that she's added as uh, to her recruiting uh, line here. And and her tradition and her history is is too good to overlook, you know. So, I think we we everybody feels very very good about the direction of the men's women's programs. And uh, on the men's side, Brad brings a, a style of play and uh, a different brand of of uh, of game and 
We'll see how our guys fit in with that. Who won't? Who wouldn't want to play with it with a coach <laughs> with that kind of a system? That's what most. Uh, that's what most guys want to play. Most do. If you're a guy like me who had a, who's a plotter, who you know who could just barely get up and down the floor, then maybe not. But guys who want to run and athletic and can shoot and play defense. I mean, those are all things that uh, should be a really fun and entertaining style. And, and I think we're all looking forward to it. I think we're all looking forward to seeing it. Seeing it. Uh, you know as our guys develop and transition to that uh, here in, in the next several weeks. Well, Kent, uh, thanks uh, very much for coming out. Sorry uh, Barry couldn't make it, but we certainly understand, so maybe he'll uh, be able to be with us uh, next time. But uh, always, I know you're a busy guy on uh, these days as well, so uh, thank you so much for uh, for your time. And uh, let's go get them tonight. Go Alina, yeah. I'm gonna, there'll be golf carts riding, driving all over the place around Memorial Stadium the rest of the day. That's kind of how our mode of transformation, uh, transportation is around the stadium on game day. And um, I told one of our guys that we need to go gas up our, our golf cart because <laughs> we got a lot of stuff to get done today yet. So um, should be should be a fun. I hope our fans uh, turn out and enjoy it. It's going to be a great day. Grange Grove will be a fun place to be. Uh, I hope we, hope we get a great crowd at the uh, Hall of Fame induction tomorrow. Uh, very, very proud uh, day for Illinois uh, sports history. So go mm-hmm. Illini. 10.33 and the time for the news headlines with Brian Barnard. I had to remind Brian that the game was tonight. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah, well. Uh, you probably didn't need to remind Kent, though. He's, uh, no. <laughs> uh, I, I, it, I've had to think a couple of times. I remember yeah. what day of the week it is. We're yeah. getting ready for a game that's uh, it's a day early. Although the last time we played, you know, that leaving on Thursday to go to South Florida and then playing mm-hmm. on Friday was – a little bit different, but having a home game on a Friday is is uh, is a little bit unique in in how we how we operate. Yep, that's for sure. We'll think tomorrow's Sunday, so that'll be the <laughs> that'll be the hard part. Yeah, Brian will be going to church in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's uh, got the news headlines uh, right now. We'll come back after that. We'll have an open line up until eleven. It is ten thirty eight. We go right up until eleven o'clock with uh, an open line. We can. Stick with the sports, or if you want to bring up something entirely different, that's okay, too. Notice in the Gazette this morning, they always have all these uh, geniuses, uh, people that uh, predict the uh, winners of uh, the various uh, college uh, games. And uh, they do keep score, and uh, looks like uh, Bob Osmussen's leading the way. He's had 32 right and 8 wrong. And... uh, Anthony Zillis is a thirty-one and nine. I believe those are the uh, two uh, two best scores. But anyway, the interesting part today is that uh, more than half of them uh, pick Illinois uh, to win, and uh, they don't uh, do this uh, because of a uh, loyalty or anything. They they try to uh, uh, pick uh, the teams that they think will actually uh, uh, win the games, whether it's Illinois or the Illinois opponent, but. Osmussen picks Illinois. Uh, Matt Daniels says Nebraska. Tim Dittman from our staff says Illinois, as does Marcus Jackson, Martin O'Donnell, Scott Ritchie, and Natalie Wickman. And uh, Zillis picks uh, Nebraska. Now, Iowa is at uh, Michigan State, and everybody but uh, Natalie Wickman uh, picks Iowa in that game. She takes the uh, Spartans. Southern California and Washington State. Uh, everybody except uh, Martin O'Donnell and uh, Natalie pick uh, 
the Southern Cal in that game. And everybody picks uh, Wisconsin, the uh, Wisconsin uh, Badgers. Northwestern is playing at Wisconsin, and they all say Wisconsin on top there. And uh, they all say Minnesota over Maryland. Maryland is uh, playing at Minnesota. And uh, the rest of them are, well, let's see. Uh, here's Clemson, uh, Virginia Tech. Uh, Clemson uh, picked by everyone except uh, Natalie Wickman. California at Oregon. And uh, everybody picks Oregon there. So those are kind of fun, and maybe you make your own uh, picks. I don't know. But uh, nonetheless, that's what the experts have to say. And we can all learn from experts, from the experience of others. Mom and dad are no exception. As a parent, a grandparent, or a loved one, Busey offers uh, this sound financial advice to share with your high school student, college student, and a college graduate. Most high school students benefit from tips to properly manage their money. Encourage them to get a a part-time job to save for college and to use cash and debit cards only and budget. Studies may be the main focus for college students, but don't let them lose sight of their finances. Avoid a financial mess by suggesting they budget for the basics Take timeouts to balance a checkbook and pay bills. To spend wisely, to build credit by using their cards wisely, and save for an emergency. College graduates can put their smart money habits from college to use and repay student loans, check in on their credit, save automatically, roll in and contribute to a workplace retirement plan, and continue to budget and manage expenses. Busey Wealth Management's team of professionals can review your financial picture no matter your stage in life, and they'll work with you to create a plan designed to achieve your long-term goals. Call 1-800-67-BUSEY or visit one of their many convenient locations today. We're at uh, 356-9397. You can uh, text us at uh, 351 5357. It's at 10:43, 70 degrees here at the radio center. We were talking about uh, North Korea uh, just prior to the uh, to the uh, top of the hour, and uh, the North Koreans saying that uh, President Trump's threat has inspired millions there to volunteer for the army told you about the Louisiana School District uh, telling their student-athletes you will stand for the national anthem or you will face punishment. And we spoke a little bit about uh, the Bears and the uh, Green Bay Packers last night and uh, just uh, started to uh, talk about the uh, Champaign uh, County Board and their budget proposal, uh, assuming in the budget proposal they assume that uh, the nursing home, the Champaign County Nursing Home, which is uh, owned by the county, of course, uh, will be sold. The vote again was 12 to 7, non-binding. It was taken in order to give the county administrator, Rick Snyder, 
guidance for preparing a full 2018 budget that would be ready for a county board vote in November, but there are plenty of opportunities in the coming months for board members to reverse the vote. And a couple of uh, comments from people uh, on the board about that. Let me see who who all uh, voted uh, for it. I Let's see, three of the board's 12 Democrats, um, Ronald Rosales, uh, James Tinsley, and uh, Estefania Ferdado were absent from the meeting. In general, the board of board's Democrats have been less inclined to sell the financially troubled nursing home. Urbana Democrat Steve Summers said he was uncomfortable assuming a nursing home sale when there are so many intangibles. But Republicans continued to voice support for the sale. Jim McGuire of Champaign said, I think it's important that we move forward. We can't continue to divert funds to the nursing home from a lot of important programs and responsibilities that this county has. And Muhammad Republican Jim Goss uh, said uh, he referred to the uh, status quo budget option as a kicking the can down the road budget. Let's go back to the uh, phones for Jim. Hello, Jim. Yeah, hey, Jim, did you read the News Gazette this morning by chance? Well, <laughs> I read it every morning, but I don't always uh, get the every little yeah. item. What do you want to talk about? I know I know you're you're busy. I just wondered if you read on the back page about ten lines, maybe, that Rotter signed this uh, House Bill 40. It's the abortion bill, And right? uh, I, I want to make it be known that our illustrious couple leaders, uh, Carol Hammonds, is one of the sponsors of this bill. And uh, so, of course, she voted for it, and then Scott Bennett voted for it. And what it is... The main thing is now you're going to pay for abortions. For uh, Illinois tax, uh, taxpayers will be paying for abortions. Not that they don't have, uh, for for state workers, that is, not that they don't have a great uh, insurance plan, but now we got to pay, pay for abortions. And I just want to be, be known that uh, these two were very adamant about this bill, Uh going for, forward, because I've talked to both of them, and uh, I think I said before on your program, it's like walking up against a brick wall. And so now I want everybody to know that you're going to be paying for abortions for your Illinois state tax. So I think that's that's really something. So I just want that to be known because it's hidden on the back page. It says, Ronner signed the bill. So... Yeah, I did. Uh, I just saw the headline, and then I had uh, kind of forgotten what it was about, so yeah. I kind of skipped over. But I'm glad you brought it up. And that, now people are going to be saying, "Well, Roner signed it." Well, you know what? If these these people like Carol Hammonds hadn't have sponsored this bill, she, along with 26 others, there was uh, 14 men and 16. No, wait a minute. That's not right. 14 and 12, something, or 16 and 12. But anyway, uh, they were all from the Chicago area, except her. And uh, so I, 
just want everybody to know that that's what we've elected here in, in uh, this area here. And uh, just pick, just reach your back billfold, people, and uh, you're going to pay a little bit more for taxes for these people that want to kill babies. All right. Uh, thank you. I'm, thank you, okay. Jim. I appreciate you. Uh, you bringing it up. Let's uh, take a quick break here. We're coming uh, right back. It's uh, 1049, and it's 71 degrees. Coming right back. Back to the phones for Sue. Hello, Sue. Well, hello there. I was was, uh, listening to the radio, and your last caller was talking about abortions. Do people realize that a lot, 90% or a big percent of these people do not get married that are expecting babies because the taxpayer picks up all the bill. The taxpayer picks up uh, what bill? Uh, the birth of the baby at the hospital. We have friends and they, they're, she's pregnant and they're not getting married because if they get married, they'll have to pay their bills. But if they're not married, the state of Illinois pays them. Well, that yeah, that's uh, what he was. Uh, what the last caller was talking about. Well, that's that's abortions, but this is the birth of the baby. Oh, you mean? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's like if I if I my husband and I well we weren't married and I decided to have a baby. Well, the taxpayers get to pay for it, and a lot of people don't realize that. Well, I sure didn't realize that. You mean anybody that uh, sure. has a baby uh, mm-hmm. don't have to be a state worker or anything? No, they can. We have a neighbor, and she's expecting, and she says, well, we're not getting married because we don't want to pay for the baby. The state will pay for it. Well, you're telling me something I didn't know, but that's uh, well, that's not unusual. <laughs> there are a lot no, of things I don't know. I know. Yeah, I appreciate uh, the call. Uh, thank you. And we go to uh, John. Good morning, John. Jim. Morning, Jim. How are you doing? Good. What's up? Good. Uh, I heard you talking about uh, General Westmoreland earlier, and uh, when he uh, falsified the troops that was killed from North from the uh, Vietnam. Well, if you remember, he was a scapegoat of all this. So uh, prior to him, you know, being relieved of duty. That's where the Malay Massacre came out with uh, Wim Kelly. Well, he went in and shot that village, and they tried to prove that they did kill some people. It was a whole big ordeal about that, because that was the coming of age when the media was, you know, doing everything. I think, what's his name, uh, the guy that played the fugitive first, David, whatever his name, he had a movie about it. Had a movie about uh, Westmoreland? About uh, the Vietnam War and how the media was, was reporting the truth and all of that. That was the coming of the technology of letting the media see what was going on in the war zone. That must have been in the uh, later years of it then. Yeah, I can't remember David's last name, but he played the uh, fugitive in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And okay. he did a movie about that. Mm-hmm. Take care, Jim. All right. See you later. We'll uh, take uh, one final break. May have time for another call or two after that. And we have about a minute for Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Hi. I just wanted to, uh, the previous caller, the lady who felt that if people didn't get married, that, uh, you know, it would be paid for. 
Well, you know, the, <laughs> Illinois State may have some people who aren't that smart, but they're not that dumb. Uh, once the father's named, they go after him for the medical bills. He does not make child support payments. He can't have a license. They will garnish his wages. So it's changed a lot in the last 20, 30 years. Well, she said that uh, she just uh, talked to somebody that said that says that's not, not accurate, you don't think? I'm sorry, what? She said she just talked to somebody that said if they didn't get married that uh, they would not have to pay for the birth of the baby. Yeah. I'm asking you, is that not, uh, it's not accurate? It's not accurate, no. They may think that, but wait until they name the father on the birth certificate or the state asks who the father is and he the, becomes liable the, for Then they go after him. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Thanks, Cindy. I'm out of time here. Thanks to everyone for their calls and their text messages today here on DWS in Champaign-Urbana.